everybody, and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies and your host for the program. This is episode 43. We're in the middle of round two, also known as the Western Conference semifinals between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors. On today's show, we'll talk a little bit about game two, a remarkable win by the Grizzlies over Golden State. Also got some Petey's points. As we look back on the first two games of the Western Conference semifinals, also some other stuff going on in the NBA. We'll touch on that, and then we'll wrap up the show with our friends, plural, friends of the program. Yes, I was able to get Brevin Knight before he got out to the golf course, and uh, he and Rob Fisher are a terrific tag team trio on Bally Sports Southeast. Uh, we will break down Game 2 and look ahead to Game 3 in our friends of the program segment. As always, the Grizz Weekly Grind being brought to you by the Hoop City Basketball Club. We've talked about them since day one on the show. We appreciate their continued support. want to tell you about the Hoop City Live Basketball Tournament. It'll take place from May 20th to the 22nd. It's for boys and girls between the ages of 8 and under 17. It'll be played at the Gatorade Fieldhouse in Hernando, Mississippi and in Memphis, Tennessee. There will be awards, a three-game guarantee, a multi-team discount, excellent facilities. It's a stay-and-play event, and you can uh, sign your team up for $350 per team. Go to HoopCityBC.com. Scott Robinson is the tournament director. If you have questions, you can reach him at SportsNetworkLLC at gmail.com. And again, uh, this is the Hoop City Live Basketball Tournament, May 20th through the 22nd for both boys and girls, 8 to 17 Gatorade Fieldhouse Hernando Mississippi Memphis Tennessee those will be the venues for this tournament with a three-game guarantee $350 per team hoopcitybc.com for all the information all right let's get to that was the week that was game two of the Western Conference semifinals between the Memphis Grizzlies Golden State Warriors Grizzlies got off to a good start in this one except for the fact that about three minutes into the game, Dylan Brooks trying to execute a chase-down block on Gary Payton II ends up with a flagrant foul, penalty two, and is ejected from the game. Uh, if we're playing soccer, this is a reckless challenge. Was it a dirty play? He, he was trying to stop a layup. He was going, I thought, for a rundown block. Big swing down, catches Payton across the head. Payton goes down hard, lands on his elbow. We find out after the game, Fractured elbow will not be available to the Warriors for the rest of this series or the Western Conference Finals if they advance that far. Potentially could have him back for the NBA Finals. So Dylan Brooks is ejected after missing three shots in the first three minutes of the game. Uh, We're waiting to hear on a suspension. More on that in Petey's points later on. Grizzlies held the lead throughout the half, and in the end of the third quarter, that is when Golden State started to flex their muscle a little bit. Steph Curry started to get loose just a little bit, although he did not shoot well from three, and Warriors would have a lead of as many as four. Back and forth in the fourth quarter, Warriors would have a four-point lead. You know the story by now. John Morant, 15 straight points for the Grizzlies as the Grizzlies outscored Golden State 29-24 in the fourth quarter. Morant tying his playoff career high of 47 points. Also had that in Game 2 last year uh, against the Utah Jazz in that first-round series. But this, an even more impactful 47 to get the win. And as much as anything, 
like I said, 15, the last 15 points of the game for Memphis were John Morant's and also had eight assists, eight rebounds, three steals, only two turnovers. So not a, a bad night in that aspect. And best of all from John, 12 of 13 from the free throw line and the Grizzlies as a team, 20 of 21 from the free throw line. Uh, Grizzlies also forced a rushed Steph Curry three late in the game that they were able to turn into a bucket on the other end. John Moran was able to get to the paint at a step back three. He was, as they say, in his bag, and he was in full command of this game. And primarily, and we'll talk about this with Brevin Knight in the Friends of the Program segment, primarily because Gary Payton II was not on the floor Ja had a much more favorable matchup, or the Grizzlies were able to create a more favorable matchup for him in the fourth quarter, allowing him to get to the rim in ways that he hadn't always been able to. Because Gary Payton II had been a very good defender one-on-one against Ja Morant. And without him, not only in Game 2, but for the rest of the series, potentially opens up the floor for Ja Morant even more. Also, potentially the return of Steven Adams and his ability to set massive screens also could mean things for John Morant. But the Grizzlies, they split the first two of the series. I know Golden State's pretty happy that, that they got one, uh, and they probably should feel fortunate that they got one because of the Morant missed layup in, in game one. But the Grizzlies win it 106-101 to to even the Western Conference semifinals at one game apiece. We're going to transition now and get you some some Petey's points on this game. And, and obviously what's front and center right now is, will Dylan Brooks be suspended because of the flagrant foul penalty too and the fact that Peyton was injured on the play? If we are going by precedent, uh, there was a play earlier this year. I think a lot of NBA fans know all about it. It was Grayson Allen against Alex Caruso of the Chicago Bulls. Uh, it was a pretty vicious takedown by Grayson Allen. Caruso broke his wrist. He was out for several weeks. Allen received, I believe it was a one-game suspension for that flagrant foul penalty, too. That resulted in an injury. So if the league is going strictly on, was there an injury incurred because of the flagrant foul penalty, too, it's reasonable to think that Dylan will sit for game three. It's possible it could be a two-game uh, suspension because it's, a, it's an injury in a playoff game. I, I, I don't know honestly, how they're going to look at this. Um, Dylan's play was more of a basketball play than the Grayson Allen play. So I don't know if you're judging that, if you're judging the outcome of the play, like, as I said, a fairly a very significant injury from a Golden State perspective in a playoff series. Uh, so we are waiting on that. We're also waiting to see if there's any review of the fact that several of the Golden State Warriors did appear to leave the bench area, even though there was not an altercation they did leave the bench area uh, after after that foul occurred. So will there be any penalty to anybody from Golden State who may have moved away from the bench area? Don't know. Not going to speculate. Uh, but you look at the videotape, and there were some Golden State players that appeared, depending on how you define the bench area, that, that may have left that area, which would open them up to a suspension in advance of Saturday night's game number three. Uh Obviously, just a lot of chatter between the two fan bases about Dylan's flagrant foul penalty to Draymond Green's flagrant foul penalty to in game one. Steve Kerr went on record as saying that Dylan's play was dirty. I don't think there was intent to injure. I think it was a, a, 
a poorly executed attempt at a rundown block, overly aggressive. It was penalized. Um, you know, what I saw from Draymond Green was not only a, a shot to the head, but then a pull down on the jersey, which to me is a dirtier play than trying to execute a rundown block. And I, I understand that uh, I'm affiliated with the Grizzlies, and so maybe you, you, may, you can accuse me of bias, and maybe there is bias there. But I just don't think that pulling on a guy's jersey when he's airborne to pull him down to the ground is, uh, is a particularly good move. Look, Draymond Green... And also, I'm not a big fan of the double bird to the fans. You know, I know that he likes to ex- express himself, and uh, you know, I'm sure that he will be getting a, a note from the league office that uh, that he'll have to write a check for that. I, I just hope, for the sake of this series, when all is said and done, this has the potential to be an outstanding basketball series, an outstanding NBA playoff series. I hope when this series is done, whoever wins it, whether it's Golden State or the Grizzlies, whenever the series is over, I hope that we will remember it not for flagrant foul penalty twos, that we will not remember it for players flipping off fans, that we will not remember it for officiating, that we will remember it for really high-quality basketball. Because these two teams can provide a very high-quality basketball experience, and this may be one of the best, if not the best, second-round series. I mean, right now, uh, Dallas is down 0-2 to Phoenix. I don't think they're going to recover from that. Uh Miami has Philadelphia down 0-2. I don't think Philadelphia, unless Embiid comes back in a mask and is able to be the MVP version of Joel Embiid, I don't think that Philadelphia is coming back. That leaves the Boston-Milwaukee series as the only other series that has the promise uh, to be a very competitive basketball series in the second round. So we'll see how all that plays out. Want to shout out a couple of guys that were not factors in the Minnesota series. Zaire Williams because of injury, DeAnthony Melton because of matchups. Both of those guys were key contributors. Uh, I thought DeAnthony Melton, he, he did not score a lot, but when you look at what he gave the Grizzlies in game two, eight rebounds, three on the offensive end, where the Grizzlies were struggling on, on the offensive uh, rebounding front, couple of assists, couple of steals, three block shots. This is the DeAnthony Melton that the Grizzlies need. The Grizzlies don't need the four three-point make DeAnthony Melton. It would be nice, but I think the greater need by the Grizzlies from DeAnthony Melton is to be that defensive presence because this is such a dangerous offensive basketball team in the Golden State Warriors. So hat tip to him, Zaire Williams, Dylan Brooks goes out. Zaire comes up with 14 points, hits four of eight from three. What I also liked about this is Zaire was more active on the glass than we have seen uh, in in previous games this year. A lot of times you look at the box score, Zaire would score, maybe an assist, maybe one or two rebounds. Now, he had five rebounds in this game and two of them on the offensive end. This is a kid with great basketball IQ who has come in, has played very hard, He's worked hard. He's put in the time. He's come back a couple of times from injury, and it seems every time he comes back from injury, he plays really, really well. So major hat tip to them. Then, of course, there's John Morant's 47. I asked the question, and it it almost answers itself, is this the greatest performance of John Morant's young NBA career? We'll touch on that in Friends of the Program. When you look at a 47-point effort, when you are – essentially with your back to the wall. I know you can come back from 0-2, but you don't usually come back from 0-2 when you lose the first two at home. That's a really hard deficit to overcome. 
So even though it technically was not a must-win game, for all intents and purposes, for the Memphis Grizzlies, it was a game that they absolutely positively had to get. And what John Morant did in Game 2 is one of the better playoff performances we've seen in recent years. It was Kobe-esque. It was Jordan-esque. It was a player at the top of their game taking charge of a crucial playoff game in the fourth quarter, playing to their strengths, doing what he does best. And John Morant was simply sensational in that game. And, uh, you know, Steph Curry's not going to be able to guard him. Every once in a while he might get a stop. But uh, if the Grizzlies can get favorable matchups, and it will be easier for them to get favorable matchups without Gary Payton II available to the Golden State Warriors, there's an opportunity here for John Morant to have a really, really good series because Peyton, probably Golden State's best defender against John Morant, and he obviously will not be available to them for the rest of the series. Uh, we'll continue and and we'll do a preview and, and just kind of a look ahead to Game 3. I'm not going to touch on that here because we do that with, uh, with Brevin and Fish as uh, they will be coming up in our Friends of the Program segment in a little bit. A couple of things away from uh, the on-court action, if you will. Uh, Found out this morning, uh, got a text. Dave Benz, who had been the play-by-play announcer for the Minnesota Timberwolves for the last, I believe, 10 years on uh, Fox Sports North and now Bally Sports North, his option was not picked up. Uh, Dave Benz, I've known him throughout his uh, NBA tenure. Great guy came into a somewhat challenging situation. Tom Hanneman had been a legend in Minnesota, and uh, Hanny wanted to, to, to step away from the travel, do some studio work rather than doing uh, play-by-play on a daily basis. And uh, Tom Hanneman, the late Tom Hanneman, unfortunately, is he's passed away several years ago, uh, one of the all-time favorite people in the NBA. Great, great guy. Uh, Dave Benz comes in. Works with Jim Peterson, who, for my money, is one of the best analysts working regional telecasts right now in the NBA. They had tremendous chemistry. Uh, People that watched league-wide on League Pass routinely said they were one of the favorite duos that if you're on League Pass, you want to make sure that, that you're listening to Benz and Peterson. For whatever reason, his option not picked up will no longer be the voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I just... There's nothing I can do to help him get the job back, Um, but I just, look, those of us in this business, we know that it can be a rough business. I went through this with the Portland Trailblazers back in 2003, not performance related, simply decided to go in another direction. Uh, Maybe they want want to save some money. Um, You hate to see it because Dave Benz is a good guy. He was always supremely well-prepared, one of the few guys in the NBA who would call me Uh, just before we were going to play the Timberwolves and ask me what was going on with our team. Uh, He threw himself into this job with great passion, uh, with with great attention to detail, and uh, we're going to miss him on the NBA trail uh, unless he uh, is able to get a a gig back in the NBA. So uh, Dave Benz, Minnesota Timberwolves, they part ways. Not a fan of the move. I mean, I know a lot of people in Minnesota are very upset right now, and a lot of people uh, in the NBA, I'm sure, are – questioning why the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, went ahead and did this. One last thing, I want to wish everybody a happy Mother's Day. If your mother is still with you, celebrate her, cherish her, 
Shower her with gifts, whatever you need to do. Be present to her. Give her a phone call if you're not local. Uh, but treasure your mothers. Lost my mother in uh, February of 2020. Uh, wish she were still here. Miss her every day, but had an incredible impact on me. I'm sure that you, many of your mothers were great impacts on you, how you were raised, how you live your life. And so uh, in one way or another, hope that you can celebrate Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day from the Grizz Weekly Grind. Before we get to our friends of the program segment today, we tell you that, uh, well, you know this, the NBA playoff action, it's nonstop, especially so at DraftKings Sportsbook, and they're an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win, and you will get $150 in free bets if they win. Now, if you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs, you can do that with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. You create your own parlay, combine multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, other statistical categories, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a Same Game Parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one of those legs doesn't hit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Now, if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming. In Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado or New Hampshire, it's 1-800-522-4700. In Connecticut, 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In Iowa, the number is 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, 877-770-STOP. In New York, 877-8-HOPE-NY, or you can also text HOPE-NY in the state of New York. In Oregon, visit opgr.org. Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line, 1-800-889-9789. Or in Virginia, call 888-532-3500. You must be 21 or older, 18 or older in Wyoming. You must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. All right, they are my comrades on Bally Sports Southeast. Unfortunately, due to television contracts, no local television in the second round of the NBA playoffs. However... However, no prohibition to doing a post-game show. And uh, so you can join us after every Grizzlies playoff game this postseason on Bally Sports Southeast, and we'll break down the game that just occurred. It'll be me and Brevin and Fish, and for home games, Chris Vernon will join us as well. So thought it was only appropriate that for today's friends of the program, we call upon Brevin Knight and Rob Fisher for their takes on the series so far and a look ahead to Game 3. Fish, BK, and Pete reunited on Friends of the Program. So as we look at this series 1-1, Grizzlies and Warriors, let's let's set aside Jaws 47 because that stands on its own. What stands out about this series so far for you guys? I guess for me, it, it, it has been how it has not gone 
to the tune of what you would expect is, is probably the biggest thing to me because the Grizzlies just won a game where they did, didn't did win any of the Grizzly categories, but they win by plus seven in threes against one of the better three-point shooting teams in the league. They haven't been able to dominate rebounding. Um, they did a better job of not turning the ball over in the second game, uh, but it, it, it hasn't gone according to script just as of yet. Uh, and I think that that's probably uh, been the most interesting thing and to see where it goes from here. I think it's been yeah. I think it's been interesting too. Uh, in what what Brevin said, I think I think is is right that you keep saying you know this is what the Grizzlies need to do to win, and then it doesn't happen yet. They they pull out a win, uh, similar to what they did in the Minnesota series. But uh, I I think in this one the thing that's stood out to me is that you know in game two, a game that you won. Uh, you, you got one field goal for, or you got no field goals from Jaron Jackson after the first quarter. You obviously got nothing from Dylan Brooks. Uh, you got as much as you could from Desmond Bain, which wasn't a lot, and you still were able to pull off that win. So I, I, I think the one thing that we're seeing from the Grizzlies in this postseason is finding ways to win, and uh, they were able to do it in game two. And I think to split those first two games is uh, pretty much, uh, I, you know, what. What you wanted, I, I think, and now you got to go to Golden State and do the same thing. Uh, split the next two games, and, and you're in perfect position. Yeah, just just trying to make this a, a best two out of three. Can you get one yeah. in, in San Francisco? Now, we're still waiting to find out if Steven Adams will be available to the Grizzlies in game three and or four coming out of health and safety protocols. Assuming that he is available to play, what impact can Steven Adams have on this series that he couldn't have in the Minnesota series. Well, well I think in, in this series, it's a more favorable matchup for him in that he doesn't have to guard guys that are range shooters at his position. Um, he'll still have to be active defensively because the guys that he would defend, Draymond Green or Kevon Looney, are really good dribble handoff players. And so he's going to have to be up on screen situations. He's going to be uh, be a voice for the Grizz on the back line defensively. And then on the other end of the floor, offensively, he can be a great screen setter, but I think he's going to have to then be involved offensively by rolling hard to the basket. And whether that roll uh, gets him an easy shot at the basket, if it forces a defender to honor him, then the Grizzlies get a wing or corner three because of it, but it puts him in position to then offensively rebound. And so for him to play in these, in these games, He's going to have to be huge on the boards. He's going to have to be great in pick-and-roll defense. And then he's also going to have to finish around the rim. If he can do those three things, then I think that he can be a, a big part of this series moving forward. And maybe clear out a little space for John Moran around the basket. Um, I, I, I think, yeah, the rebounding thing, we've talked about it whole series, about how important it is for the Grizzlies to have extra possessions uh, against the Golden State Warriors, and they really haven't uh, in the first two games. They haven't had more possessions in Golden State. But Stephen Adams maybe gives you that opportunity on the boards to get yourself more possessions because I, I think, you know, it's been surprising in this series of first two games that the Grizzlies have been out-rebounded by the same number in, in both games. Um, so that that's an area that I think if the Grizzlies can win the rebounding battle, I think they're in really good shape. And, and Adams definitely could add uh, to the rebounding opportunities for the Grizzlies. Yeah, and what's tricky is because so many of those rebounds for Golden State, I mean, they're threes that yeah. are missed. I mean, they shot 18% from three. There were a lot of misses that were going long and, and, and took some funny bounces. 
another one of the guys who did not participate really in any meaningful way in the Minnesota series, but has been big in each of the first two games, DeAnthony Melton, which I credit him for being ready, staying ready, and then being able to contribute in, in games one and two of this series after really nothing in Minnesota because uh, he came, probably, I, I thought, with a shoot-first mentality, which pro- is probably not the way he needs to approach it. I think that, uh, I think that for, for <laughs> him, uh, the, the, the biggest thing was getting back to what your bread and butter is. And his bread and butter is going out on, into games and causing havoc, changing the game with his energy. The smile is infectious. It makes everyone feel at home. And then he does it all steals, blocks, assists. He can get you baskets. And I thought it was one of the most influential three-point games that he has had in his career in, in game two. The blocks that he had in that game, the late game blocking and Steph Curry going to the basket with that left, those are those are boost plays for this team. And so I, I, I was happy to see him get back to that. And hopefully every game from here on out, he continues with that mo- that mindset because in this series, he is much more needed than he was in the Minnesota series because this is a Golden State team that plays smaller lineups and their guards are very shifty off the dribble. And so they'll need his one-on-one defensive prowess. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, the numbers thing is is interesting because in game one, his numbers were really good and he was really good. He was very impactful. He did a little bit of everything. But as you said, in game two, he only had three points, but he made an impact. Uh, that That's the thing. I mean, you know, Mr. Do Something, uh, he was doing a lot of everything, and that's when he is successful, and that's when he makes a, a huge impact for this team. You, you saw in the last series, early in the series when he did play, uh, his plus-minus was, you know, nowhere near what it normally is for him. It was it was a big minus for DeAnthony Melton. He wasn't making an impact when he was on the floor. He was shooting a lot uh, and, and, you know, maybe forcing the shots at, at times as well. So, in this series, he's just he's done what makes him successful, and that's making an impact without necessarily having to put up numbers. It's just defensive intensity, moving the basketball. Uh, I mean, even in game two, he had a couple of uh, hockey assists that don't get charted in, in the box score. So uh, he, he was doing things that DeAnthony Melton needs to do, and that's, that's just creating havoc and, and making an impact on the game, and he did that more so in this series than what we saw in the Minnesota series. I think it's a great step because throughout his playoff career, we haven't seen a great DeAnthony Melton. I think these last two games are probably the best two that we've seen him in postseason basketball. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe because he's not focused on shooting three balls the minute he comes into the game. Uh, I know Brevin wants to get to the range, hit some balls over at TPC Southwind. So uh, let's talk about Josh 47. Um, <laughs> what, I mean, you can, it, it's hard to rank. Maybe, but most impactful performance of, of his young NBA career with 47 in a in a playoff game? Hey, that's not hard to rank at all, partner. <laughs> you put this as number one. I mean, the Grizzlies had their backs against the wall. You're without Dylan Brooks. Jaron Jackson Jr. is in foul trouble. Desmond Bain is, is hobbling around with a sore back, trying to make it, trying to do whatever he can for this team. And if you lose, you go down 0-2 to a championship caliber contending team going back to their home court. This was the biggest performance of his career, of his young career, because of the circumstances. Now, he's had bigger point outings. He may have had some more highlight situations. But in terms of the situation and the gravity of the game, there was no better performance than what we saw from him. And I say that for quarter, 
with some of the best scoring that we that I have seen because of the degree of difficulty of shots that he was making. He made the step back three was the only one that I think that he he was able to make that wasn't highly contested through that fourth quarter. And so to, to me, it was an absolutely amazing performance by a very special player who is going to continue to wow us and amaze us for years to come. Yeah, I think they're – go ahead, Pete. I'm sorry. Yeah, because of the 47 in game two last year against Utah, obviously Grizzlies don't win the game. Right. 52 against San Antonio, okay, yeah, but it's a regular season game. But to Brevin's point, I think considering the circumstances, ab- absolutely. I think it was needed. You know, there was a lot of questions after game one of should Jobby be taking 31 shots? And to me, I think it's just uh, whatever the game dictates. I think there are certain uh, ch- certain opportunities where – Ja has to take over. Uh, I think there were certain chances, certain possessions in game two where there wasn't a lot of movement and it was pretty much, okay, well, Ja's got to do this on his own. And and I think the, the circumstance presented itself that, you know, your best player, the ball's in his hands and he's going to make plays and he's going to carry you home. And, and he did that, uh, scoring the last 15 points of the game and having 18 in that fourth quarter. I mean, he's he's a clutch time performer. Uh, he's the best player on the floor, and uh, he 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 took over the game. And I I think it warranted that in that situation because of Jaron in foul trouble, because of Bain being hobbled, because of guys that were on the floor maybe struggling a little bit. Uh, it, it was on Ja to to lead this team and and put it on his shoulders, and he did. Uh, it was it was a remarkable performance, and I think because of the gravity of the situation, it makes it. Uh, not only the best performance from John Morant, but I think the best playoff performance we've seen in Grizzlies history. Yeah, yeah. Brevin, one more thing before I let you go. Um, because Minnesota had done such a good job of keeping Ja out of the paint, and yet he was able to get into the paint, like you said, high degree of difficulty on the shots. Was there anything that changed in that fourth quarter schematically from the Grizzlies that allowed Ja to even be in a position to attack the basket, the way that maybe he hadn't been able to previously? I would say, unfortunately for the Golden State Warriors, it was the loss of Gary Payton II, honestly, because that forced them to have to now defend him with Andrew Wiggins. And now that that meant that they could screen with Steph Curry's man so that John Morant now was playing one-on-one with Steph Curry going downhill or one of their lesser defenders in that situation. And so – the that that injury is huge for them because it it moves down their defense one on one defenders. They don't have as many, and so that hurt late in that game is where when it became very evident that his loss was going to be huge to this team. And, and look, the Grizzlies did a good job of continuing to pick and choose who you wanted John Morant to go at next. Whether it was going to be Jordan Poole, whether it was going to be it was going to be Steph Curry, but they continued to get the taller Andrew Wiggins off of him that allowed him to get those, have those moves to the best. All right, Brev, I'm going to let you get to the range, get this, uh, get this 18 in before, uh, before we get a thunderstorm here in Memphis. Uh, so Brevin hit him straight. Fish, one last thing for you. Thoughts, adjustments. I love you guys, man. Have love fun. you. Love, 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 love you too, Brevin. <laughs> Fish. <laughs> Fish. Grizzlies finally get a multi-day break after mm-hmm. a really rigorous six-game series and then having to turn around and play a game one, you know, basically four, less than 48 hours after clinching a series, how much benefit do you think that the Grizzlies get out of having this time off between games two and three? I think it's huge. Um, I, I, I think game one, because of the relief 
of knocking off a team in a series in a very physical series. I, I think they were playing a lot of on adrenaline in, in game one. I was impressed with how the Grizzlies played in game one uh, with that short turnaround with a different opponent. Uh, I, I thought that was really impressive uh, what, what they did and, and how they competed uh, for 48 minutes and just fell short in game one. Uh, and then game two, I, I think it's you gave everything you had, especially a Desmond Bain. I think you got everything out of Desmond Bain you possibly could get in game two because he was that hobbled. So to now have that rest, I think John needs the rest. I mean, he spoke in the Minnesota series about his legs feeling like they were just <laughs> covered with knives. Um, I, you know, so I think he he could use the few days. Desmond da- Desmond desperately could use the few days. Steven Adams could use the few days. Uh, from what I hear, he's going to be back five on five stuff today. So, uh, it's looking like he's going to be available on Saturday. So I, I, I think the rest came at a really good time coming after a win, feeling good about yourselves, heading out on the road and just having a few days to just kind of take a mental break and a physical break, I think will be very valuable for the Grizzlies. There are a lot of guys that need it this time of year because everybody's banged up. So I, I, I think it's really good for, for the Grizzlies, maybe even more particular, the Grizzlies than Golden State because Golden State relatively pretty healthy, you know, now with the exception of Peyton, but uh, relatively pretty healthy. Maybe Clay Thompson could use this time to try and feel a little bit better because he didn't look good in game two. So maybe that'd be good for them. But I think overall for the Grizzlies, they definitely needed this break. Golden State just had one before the series began. The Grizzlies didn't. So I think it comes at a good time. Yeah, Golden State had a relatively easy series with Denver winning it in five, and then they had a little extra time off. Yeah, I think mentally – the refresh and reset might be just as important as as the physical reset because clearly Desmond Bain was not himself in game two. Hopefully he'll be closer to himself in game three. And then of course you get Steven Adams back. Fish, thank you so much for the time, man. I know this is this is one of the rare days that we haven't had any obligations to be anywhere, go anywhere. And so now we're we're off until Saturday until the postgame show. So gonna be out watching it on TV, but uh at least we'll get the band back together for the postgame show. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. It is amazing, though. I mean, I keep thinking, I'm like, today's only Thursday. We don't play till Saturday. It feels like this break has already been really long. Uh, so I can't wait for Saturday to get back at it. And hopefully it'll be here before you know it. Now, thanks to Brevin Knight. We got him just before uh, he got on the practice range at TPC Southwind. Also, our thanks to Rob Fisher, who's been uh, running errands and taking care of uh, things around the house during these days off and we thank you for listening and also with the support of hoop city basketball club and DraftKings sportsbook this has been the grizz weekly grind a proud affiliate of the basketball podcast network this has been episode 43 and episode 44 we'll recount game three and get you ready for the rest of the playoff series between the memphis grizzlies and the golden state warriors i'm pete pranica thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time 